Blog Talk Radio. Turnbuckle Turmoil fans, welcome to the show. Fine guy and the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got a boast. Coach Mike Jones and Randy Zellers, the best in the Pacific Northwest, with you. We have a great guest, but real fast, if you're looking for some wrestling today, you can go to Danville, Indiana. show is about to start. Warrior Pro Wrestling, new promotion. Very, very, very familiar ring to me. A lot of familiar faces, so go out and support them if you're near Danville. But our guest is with us. I want to bring him on right away, all the way from the great state of New York. He is referee, security personnel, former promoter, Jason Stone. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, since today's the first time you have ever been with us, I will start you out with our traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into the business of pro wrestling? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, through the years, as everybody's growing up, uh, we all have our interest in our favorite wrestlers. Uh, Everybody, I remember waking up one morning, I think it was Saturday, uh, watching WWE, or well, at the time it was WWF, World Wrestling Federation, and then they transferred over to WWE. But I remember waking up and watching uh, the wrestling on Saturday mornings. And from there, I just, the excitement and everything that you would watch on TV, just as a kid, it just, it just, it, it took my breath away. It just made me feel really happy and excited about the uh, talent that was being shown on TV. And then as time progressed on, um, I always wanted to – I remember acting out with my friends, like they did the backyard uh, wrestling, uh, like doing amateur-style wrestling and stuff, just, you know, just – like a kid, you know, you you wrestle like you see on uh, TikTok and YouTube, uh, kids playing and and acting out who their favorite wrestlers like John Cena, all the all the greats in the business. And from there, I remember moving. Uh, me and my wife had relocated uh, from New York. We went down to Georgia uh, about around 2012, 2013, and. Uh, we got down there, and I'm. Uh, we came in contact with uh, two of my very good friends now, uh, who took me in underneath their wing and gave me all from point A to point B. Uh, what wrestling was all about. They they showed me what it is about commitment, sacrifice, which is the number one key everybody tells you about is, is sacrifice by wrestling. Uh, took me under their wing. Uh, Chris Nelms, uh, who uh, goes underneath Heel Daddy, Heel Daddy Chris Nelms. And Big Andy, who is Big uh, Andy Toner, and they're all located down in Georgia. Uh, I do recommend anybody that is down in Georgia definitely go check out their shows. They're awesome, you know. 
they actually took me in. They they kind of showed me uh, the ropes a little bit. And at first, I like I said, I never I, like I said, I'm I always trained the backyard wrestling stuff and and all that stuff as a kid. And then to actually be part of something that was exciting, they they took me in and and uh, it, was, it was really great. I. Uh, I remember first meeting Chris. Uh, it was in I think Buckhead or something. It was at a, a, uh, one of the uh, convention halls out there in Buckhead, and that was the first time meeting Chris. And I was the only one. I, I thought there was other people coming, but they never. The security guys uh, had other commitments, so they brought me in and kind of showed me everything. And uh, I was the only one there, so that was my first introduction to it. So I had no idea of how crazy fans can get. So they took me in, and uh, I just I owe a lot to them from them. But ever since a kid, like everybody else, you, you just you get so caught up in the action, and it's exciting, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a brief in, in, uh, introduction of how I got involved. So, but, yeah. Well, well, my co-host Randy Zellers is with us, and I know Randy has questions for you, so I'm going to pass things over to Randy for a bit. Sure. Hey, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, Randy? How you doing, brother? Ah, shoot, nothing much, my brother. I'm just living, you know me. Hey, you know, just <laughs> just trying to do the thing. <laughs> How, How are you, you feeling today? I'm doing fantastic. Oh, How are you feeling? Oh, man, I feel good like James Brown, homie. <laughs> I heard you had one heck of a night last night. Oh, I sure did. Um, <laughs> oh, I sure did. After um, wrestling a really good match, um, I get called in to work, did my job, mm-hmm. and just and pretty much just a few hours a, a few hours ago, just got home from my <laughs> nine to five. Man, uh, the things that happen in life when you're in this business, it, it just. You got some commitments you have to take care of, and that's part of life. Like I tell all my talent, all my friends that are in the business that are just getting into this, is family and business comes first, then wrestling. You know, so the yep. commitment and the sacrifices that we all have to do in life is crazy. But man, I heard what happened to you, and get called in, and then all of a sudden, bam! Wow, man, <laughs> good for you, bro. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh man, hey, I try. Uh, yeah, I hey, try, we all gotta but... do something. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because with the with the crazy thing with the crazy thing in professional wrestling is I just learned like two things. I mean three things. One, stick to your guns. Two mm-hmm. uh two, always expect the unexpected. And three, you never expected to show up on time. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, you always get caught up in like a traffic or something or some some oh, fool. Man. You know, next year, oh, you never know what's gonna happen. But the fact, but then all of a sudden you get to the venue and the excitement builds up and bam, you're ready to go. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Um, shoot. Yeah. Well, how long have you been uh, repping for? Uh, well, I've been in the wrestling business uh, since 2013. I, uh, like I was t- talking about earlier, I first started off uh, 2013 with uh, being introduced to Southern Five Championship Wrestling, uh, which at the time was run by uh, Charles Anschluss. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. Yep. Charles. Uh, well, the the two gentlemen that actually got me involved were were actually wrestlers themselves. Uh, Chris Nelms, who goes under the name of Heel Daddy Chris Nelms, and then uh, Big Andy, who uh, Andy Toner. And, and at the time, how it all happened is I, me and my wife had relocated from upstate New York uh, to uh, go down and help our family out that was down in Georgia at the time. And uh, when we got down there, of course, you know, when you get into a state for the first time, you you, you kind of you're, you're trying to figure things out in the area and stuff like that. So we had moved into an apartment complex in Millardville, Georgia at the time. And I remember um, you know, uh, coming up to the apartment, I remember we were down on the first floor and as we're coming in the first floor, I look up and I see Chris, uh, Chris Nels is upstairs and he's like, what's up brother? What's going on? They're all having a party. And I guess that night, uh, there, there was a, uh, uh, like a pay-per-view that was on that they have and they must've had a get together. And that was my first, uh, introduction to meeting them. So I never knew who they were prior to that until I actually moved and became uh, neighbors to actually Andy, uh, Big Andy, who lived upstairs above me. So they invited us to come up, but we're in the process of moving in. So at that time, Andy uh, and I became good friends. Andy uh, went ahead and introduced me. This has all happened around, around, like I said, going into 2013. They had, uh, me and Andy built up a good friendship. And then from there, they uh, they brought me over to an event that they were having in uh, Buckhead, Georgia, which is like a small town uh, near Milledgeville, outside of Milledgeville. And I showed up, and I started off at security. And, of course, in wrestling, we all have to pay our dues, the term pay our dues, which is basically oh, you yeah. come in, you set up. And you got to sit up the chairs or on the ring and all that stuff. So I originally how it all started is I was told that there I was going to be working with other people that were going to show up. So I, you know, I've never knew how to put a ring together. I never knew how to put a chair. Oh my gosh, dude. I, I, <laughs> I was so <laughs> taken away. And so my, I'm like, okay, okay. What's it, you know, what's going on here? So I, uh, Showed up, and that's when I met Chris. That that was when I officially met Chris uh, as Heel Daddy. Uh, he was uh, in charge of the show at the time, and he uh, said, well, we're waiting on some other people coming, and he got me involved in security. And then, come to find out, I was the only security guard there. And um, I remember – Oh, oh yeah. Sometimes you just gotta fill in that gap and do the best you can with what you got to deal with. And yep. So, and I remember. Oh, I, oh yeah. I remember this. Uh, one of the matches. Now, Chris, Chris has a mother. Uh, a mother. And, we, and and in the in de- down there, we all called her grandma. And oh man, she was a firecracker because I remember I was the only one doing security, and. Oh, she oh, I remember her getting so fired up. Now, this is a woman that's probably going in her sixties or seventies. And can you imagine this little woman sitting there and she got oh her blood oh she got her blood boiled when wrestlers were not were disrespecting her her kids and stuff like that. She got so fired up. I remember she we some of the wrestlers even had to stand up that were not even wrestling had to hold her back. We had a hard time <laughs> trying to hold her back. 
This you got this woman. Oh, yeah. This you got this grandmother that oh she I swear she, I was I thought she was gonna be the headliner for the show because she you know the way that she was acting oh talk about oh I love that woman at that point on I knew this woman. I was going to love forever in this business. And thank you, Chris, if you're listening, Chris Nels, for letting me be introduced to your grandma or to your mother and to your family. Oh, oh, I remember that. And, and there's so many other ma- other shows that we had ran with Chris, too, as time had gone on. And uh, there were times where we did not know what to expect, but she oh, she was a firecracker. Oh, there's oh, uh, a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the one that sticks out the Yo. most to me is the is uh, Grandma Lynn or Grandma Nelms. Oh. Yep. Yeah, man, she was a trip. That's but um, that's crazy. but yeah, it, it, yeah, it all started off with security, you know, and I started from the ground up. So yep. it started off with security, and then as as it, so going throughout the whole year of 2013, I remember um. Because I, I, I started doing, I started playing a game online. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't, I don't have the permission to mention it. But it was like an online game that you play. And I was using my computer and I was doing. Uh, they had like Facebook groups, and what they did is they asked us. I started making like team, uh, like team, like uh, what do they call it? Uh, group teams or, or something on social media, and. From that point on, I started telling them that I do, you know, I do this, and that's when they asked me if I'd be interested in doing like posters for the shows. So I'm like, okay, oh. yeah, sure. So I started doing that to help them out, so they could focus on the the inside business, trying to set up the shows and all that stuff. Yeah. So I started doing that. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, when you see everybody thinks. Uh, when you're putting a card together for a show, it's all about okay, we gotta get a venue, we gotta get the wrestler, the workers to the show, all that stuff. But it also comes down to getting the poster out in time to help promote and get people to the show to see the talent wrestle. You know, yep. so and at the time, I believe Chris, Chris, uh, Chris was doing. All the, was doing most of the posters himself on his cell phone. So he and when I told him this, I was I was glad that he said, "Oh, can you help me with this?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude." And I didn't try. see most people what they do in the they charge they charge people. That to me it was a hobby. So I loved doing it. I didn't call I didn't charge anybody or anything. I just did it because I loved doing it. And so once they got the card together, they would. Uh, asked me to help. I put everything uh, together for them, and then they would tell me, you know, what what areas that need to get changed. And I yep. had no problem with it. So we got the posters together. So the whole time from 2013 to 2000 to 2017, I was doing posters and not charging anybody to do that at all. And I still do it to Damn. this day because. I, I yeah, most people would either use their phones or I don't charge anybody because for me, I think if people are going to take the time and and take you underneath their wing and bring you into this business, it to me it's an honor to even get that opportunity. So why charge yes. people that bring you into this business 
when you can pay it forward by doing something for them. And that's what I did. And so I started doing that, doing uh, posters for Chris, uh, for his, for his uh, promotions. And then uh, as, prog- as time had gone on, during the, going into like the, I think it was like around April or March of 2013, that's when I was introdu- introduced to Southern Pride Championship Wrestling, which was with Charles Anschluss at the time. And uh, I started off uh, meeting some of the crew and uh, the security crew uh, that was with them, and they were actually part of the show too. Um, we were there. We had some of the team security team members inside the ring, and then uh, as we're doing security, I remember um, I'm trying to think here. I remember doing security, and then there were. Doing security, and then they were in the. We had some security members in the ring, and then out by the crowd. And I think, oh, Southern Fry was pulling in. I think about close to three hundred people tops every single show, and it was a big. Yeah, I have see. To me, wrestling, you'd turn on the TV, and all you would see is WWE on TV. And I think at the time it was TNT uh, uh, Impact or TNT. Nitro oh, was going on at the yeah, time. Nitro. Yeah. Yep, and then Impact before um, Anthem came in and, and uh, came in and took them, and then that's when I got introduced to Ring of Honor, too. So uh-huh. yeah, and this whole time I would be watch turning on the TV and watching all these big names, you know, from Scott Hall to. Uh, Randy Orton or, or uh, Ric Flair, all these people will be showing up. And all of a sudden, I remember with Southern Fried as doing security, we we had uh, Cody Hall, which is Scott Hall's son. Cody Hall, yep. I remember showing up, and he uh, Southern Fried was using him in some of the matches. So that was my first induction of meeting Cody Hall. And I remember one of the shows at security, we had no idea. So when even the promoter doesn't even know when who's going to come with Cody Hall. So we're all sitting out there and I remember where I was out by the sitting next to uh one, the uh, the commentator for the night, the announcer for the night, and all of a sudden uh here comes Cody Hall. His music comes on, and he's coming out to the ring. And Right before Cody Hall, once Cody Hall comes out, who's right behind him? His father, Scott Hall. Scott Hall oh, has a, a camera. Oh, yeah. We had no idea. We didn't know he was coming. And because of everybody knows who he is in the business, even fans, we had no idea. Not The workers that were in the back had no idea. The promoter, we had no idea at all until he showed up. So here we Man. are sitting, having no preparations whatsoever, and I remember Scott had came out, and he's standing, and we we all, like, scrambled to try and find him a chair. He's sitting there. I don't think anybody paid any attention to what was happening in the ring because they were so caught off guard by Scott Hall being there, being outside the ring, taking pictures at the mm-hmm. show for his son, and they were all oh, focused yeah. on that, and... You know what? And then this was after he was in NWO, too, uh, Razor Ramon and all that stuff. This all happened yes. after that. 
So to see him come out and sit there, to me, that was a childhood, child uh, lifetime experience because I saw someone that I would see every single day on TV sitting there yeah. right in front of me. And I'm like, yep. here I am a security guard, and I'm becoming a mark at this point. You know, yeah, you, you <laughs> I'm got like, to. you got to. I mean, you got to because I mean, hey, oh, Razor Ramon, stuff like that. I mean, exactly. I had an exactly. too. When I saw exactly. him and Shawn Michaels get it in, oh man, <laughs> man, man, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you when when you get someone that high priority coming at the show, oh man, everything's off the table. All the all the gloves are coming off. You, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, yo. oh definitely, you know, <laughs> oh definitely. <laughs> so and oh, I remember, I, I turned to my t- my team captain. Uh, I'll call, I'll say Steve. I'm not gonna say his last name, uh, but he was our team lead, our team security leader. I said, I got to go run in the back room, man. Okay, I'll be right back. So I went back there, and I'm sitting, and I said, I'm going to take this opportunity and take advantage of it. There's Scott Hall. No one, Nobody in the back wanted to go and talk to him. No one wanted to talk to him at all because they were afraid. You know, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go up there. They're afraid of all the stories and shit like that. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I went on was like, hey, hey, Mr. Hall, do you, do you mind if, like, I was a total mark at that point. I said, uh, Mr. Hall, do you mind if I take a picture with you, you know, and all that? And he, sa- he said, yeah, sure, sure. And, I, and sure enough, I actually have the picture uh, here in my man cave here somewhere in my office uh, with me, him, back-to-back. And a wrestler actually a, – a, a worker came over to me, a wrestler worker came over to me and said, yeah, I can take the picture for you if you guys want. So sure enough, that was my first um, first high priority re- uh, wrestler that I've seen on TV actually be at a show that I was working or being a part of, and from that on, I'm I've been able to meet so many high priority wrestlers. I think I, I'm I met Luke Gallows was one of them, Francisco Siazzo, um, and who's in the who are in the business. I remember meeting them. So there, there's so many people. Uh, EC3, I remember meeting him. Oh, wow. That was a, oh, yeah. And, and, there was, and there were so many others that had come along through Southern Fried that I was just so, like, like, so caught off guard that I was like, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This is my first time working in the wrestling business as a security guard, paying my dues. And all I do is I put down chairs, you know, helping everybody put up the ring and stuff, having no no concept of what my future was going to be after that. So yeah. you get that opportunity to meet so many people. Oh, And then coming uh, – so then after that, uh, Chris and uh, I remember uh, Logan Creed was the person that uh, had broke, uh, had opened up the door for me to move forward. And, and Logan Creed, I don't know if anybody is familiar with Logan Creed. He uh, does the indie, indie circuit down in Georgia with Chris and Andy, and uh, we're, we're good friends with them. And he uh, actually is uh, one of good friends of Francisco Siazzo. So I remember Logan Creed, uh, we were doing a show, I believe, in Macon, Georgia at the time. And I remember doing uh, with 
uh, New Generation Pro Wrestling at the time was doing a show in Macon, and I remember uh, I was the only security guard there, I believe, and I kept putting my arm because there was, you know, when people take off their 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 uh, their um, Outfit, oh, wow. their, their coats and stuff like that. They put it at the side of the ring. So I grabbed the shirt in the ring, and I wasn't supposed to do that. And I remember Logan Creed step, stepping down on the ring, trying to tell me, don't touch, you know, trying to tell me, stay away, stay away. And it almost broke my arm because he stepped on it. And at that, after that point, Yo. Logan Creed, Logan Creed told me that, okay, let's, let's, uh, he's ready. <laughs> he's ready. Let's get him. Yeah. If he's able to put his hand in there and get his arm broken, he's ready for the business. So at that time, yep. Logan Creed opened the door for me to get to take in training to become a referee. And so Chris and Andy, I remember uh, taking me underneath the ring and showed me everything I needed to know. They told me that you had to. Be, I remember them telling me you had to uh, uh, build up thick skin in this business. And yeah, you know you're gonna yeah. That's the number one priority I, I would recommend anybody that's trying to get become a wrestler or a referee or security. You have to learn in this business to have to build up uh, thick skin. You know, because if mm-hmm. not, you're not gonna take criticism very well. And in this business, you just like you know, in this business, criticism is going to happen. You're going to get heat from. The talent, the workers, the promoters, the fans, you're going to get all different types of heat, you know? Oh, of course. And then you know, because you, I mean, last night you did the show, you probably got a lot of heat too, you know? And it it doesn't matter if you're a baby face or if you're a heel. It it has no, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the heat. So I remember um, that. That that was when I was I brought into, into training, learning how to become a, a referee. I, I'm not. I'll be honest with you. At the time, I had no idea what counts were. I didn't know what angle people were all going to like. What the corner, the corner posts and stuff like the, the everywhere. What direction do you go and when you're in the ring, all that stuff, and what to look for, what not to look yep. for. So I remember. Um, doing that. I remember. Oh, I remember my first time actually by myself putting up a ring. It was in the backyard of Chris Nelson's, uh house. Uh, I remember putting up. And now this, they had a, a ring that they had that has never been taken apart by them by anybody that I know of. They told me, and so the the wood. The the wood they had was falling apart, and raccoons would come and they would do their business on the, on it. And there were snakes inside there. They're telling me, and here I am trying to get all the posts around. And that was my first, my real first introduction of are you are you going to be made for this type referee thing? So I remember the wood was falling apart. You touch it, it would fall apart. So I remember, and I had to do the bumps. I had to uh, do the exercises with Andy because Andy was there too at the time. And uh, I'll tell you, if you're doing it, it you, <laughs> I, I get, I, uh, I, I'm still caught off guard. I get the chills every time I think about it because I'm, I give a lot of respect to all those guys that put anybody that does it by themselves and puts up that ring by themselves. 
Good oh, for yeah. you, brother. <laughs> yeah, those posts are like they're not like like a like a sticker. They're they're pretty heavy, you know. Yeah, they so, is. I I know a few people who does that, but uh, I hate to cut this uh shorty short short, but um, uh, I want to sure. pass you off to one of my main mans, one of the homies. He is the coach of the most. I'm saying who Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, Mike Jones, take it away, my man. <laughs> hey, Jason, nice to have you on today. Uh, hey, Coach. It's nice to see that, you know, you're one of the bigger referees out there, so I'm sure you ain't mm-hmm. taking no shit, nobody. Oh, no. <laughs> you get in my face, I'm going to tell you, you have two options. Either you focus on what you're doing, or there's the curtain. You know, you got two options. <laughs> and I will end it if, you have, if I need to. <laughs> okay, and then I, I've got like a list of referees that mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you've had any experience with checking out. or And if you haven't, there's people I suggest you might want to check out. And then okay. uh, some, wrestlers, some wrestlers also to see if you have any experience with these guys. But first off, I'll start off with some referees. Um, what about Tommy Young from the NWA? Um, I have heard the name. I have actually have not worked with him, but I heard that his background is superb. I do know that he is uh, NWA is a good promotion to work with and, and all that. So, but I will be honest, I have not worked with them. Yeah, he's somebody I would definitely check out. And then um, uh, now we can go on to like WCW with Nick Patrick. Of of her, yeah, yeah. I've seen him on TV, and Nick Patrick, from our stand, is he's very talented in what he does. He's he he makes the calls. Nick Patrick uh, is very good at what he does, and he 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 when he needs to do what he has to do to do the counts, then yes, I do recommend anybody who's getting into this business and wants to be a referee to study them. Uh, Nick Patrick yeah. is one of those people. And then, of course, over here in the in the Northwest, we had Mark Watson and Mike Rogers. You probably haven't heard of them because they're so far away. No. Okay, yeah, they're two good guys I would check out. And, of course, I'm sure you know Sign Guy is one of the better referees also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm, uh, I am, uh, Phil, I am, a social, I, I do know of his, his background. I do know um, a little bit of uh, what he does, yes. You know, and uh, I'm not sure if you know, Sign Guy's one of the most fearless guys out there where uh, people people know that he doesn't take any shit either and that uh, mm-hmm. he once got thrown out of the ring and dented the concrete. <laughs> how's your head? <laughs> That's the big question I got to ask. How's the head or the back? Is it still intact? You, you know, if you're denting that, man, you're made of steel like Superman. <laughs> it broke at the time, but it all healed up. There you go. You're invincible, man. (laughs) Yeah, so people know, you know, he's not one to be messed with either. Exactly. We're all going to have our options. Some wrestlers that that I know from Mm -hmm. the New York area. Now, have you worked with Andrew Anderson? I have now worked. Well, let's see. Uh, Andrew Anderson, I have not, uh, but I have heard that other people that have worked with him um, have had positive experiences working with him. I have not heard anything negative about him at all. 
nice. And, uh, man, he's able to get some heat. We've had him in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. And he, like, had so much heat going, it seemed like it was almost going to be a riot. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, oh yeah. He, when he, when he, I do know that when he does, when he is in the ring and the the heat that he gets from the crowd, that's that's the key that you want is you want someone that's going to rile up the crowd and get them going and getting them standing up and, and just going crazy. That's the type of excitement you want at a show, for sure. Yeah. And then what about Frankie Flo? Frankie Flo, I have not worked with Frankie Flo uh, at all. Um, I am uh, familiar with his work. I am familiar with his talent. Um, but like I said, I I'm don't know him personally, and I have not really got the chance to work with him. But if you know anything's possible. <laughs> and then uh, another guy, Tim Hughes. Tim Hughes. Okay. That name does ring a bell. Um, Tim Hughes, I have seen his I have seen what he's able to do and I will have to say he is one of he's up there. The talent that he that he's known for is too. I'm A plus for him. Okay, nice. All right, and then um what do you got coming up here? Oh, let's see. We have um, we have a Christmas show coming up. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's Winter Wonder Slam, which is through New York Championship Wrestling. They're going to be scheduled to be doing a show in Whitesboro, uh, New York, uh, which is outside of Utica. That's going to be um, coming up, let's see, on uh, December 4th. And the door, that's going to be at Accelerate Sports Complex there in Whitesboro. And that's going to be one heck of a show. It's going to be their last show of the season for two, or for the year, for 2021. And then they have a show scheduled for January, the, uh, around the beginning of January coming up. But in uh, in Whitesboro, that's going to be a great show. Uh, I do. It's going to be our Christmas show, and I will be uh, refereeing for that. I've been told that I will be doing that. And then uh, there has been a rumor uh, that we've been trying to get in contact with the North Pole uh, to try and see if we can schedule Santa to come out, and uh, that we are getting some headway with that. I'm telling you, Santa Claus is a hard person to try and get a hold of to schedule for a show uh, because it's so close to Christmas, you know? So from what I understand, Santa has something to say to some of the heels in New York Championship Wrestling. Um, So, and when that's run through from Johnny Patches, Johnny Patches is the promoter for that show. So uh, I've been working with him and he has confirmed to me that uh, about 100% uh, sure that Santa Claus is scheduled to be at New York Championship Wrestling on December 4th in Whitesboro, Georgia. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Whitesboro, New York on December 4th. All right. Now, uh, my girl's from Korea, and uh, she's been to New York, and she loves New York. And she's told me before she would, at a drop of a hat, move to New York. But and okay. I've never been, to, and uh, I'm established where I'm at, and so it's like, 
uh, I don't think I want to move to New York, but I definitely want to go there someday. <laughs> Well, I, I will say this. the uh, In New York, there are plenty of great promotions up here. If she wants, if she's looking to move up here, or if, you, if anybody is ever looking to catch a good show or come to New York, the weather, I will say, is cold. If you live in the South, like Florida or Georgia, I will tell you New York is cold during the winter. And... Um, no matter how bad of a storm is, the show will go on. No matter what promotion it is, it, you know, if we have to play ride to the shows, we will during the winter. The summers are fantastic. The weather up here yeah. has been great. I actually, I'm, I've been, I'm born, I'm actually born and raised here in upstate New York, by near Albany, New York, is where I'm originally from. And I will tell anybody, if you're looking to live in the country, the Adirondacks is one location uh, to live. Uh, if you like the city life, uh, New York City. Um, if you're looking for like something like New York City, but not exactly like New York City, I would suggest like Syracuse, Buffalo, or uh, Bimington, New York, and all okay. the the other locations. Yeah. And, and then, then uh, if you like, thing... oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. And the other location, if you're looking for like a cottage, uh, like country, but yet. You, the Victorian Lake George, New York, is one area I would recommend. Nice, and uh, I guess uh, Korea and New York have something in common. Their weathers are like identical. Oh, oh yes, yeah, that's from, from what I understand. The weather over in Korea is it's it's like their seasons are identical because one minute it'll it'll rain here and then uh, it, it'll get really cold. And then the snow, it, it, it all depends on the elevation that you live in and all that stuff. But, yes, the weather is can be, it's just like Canada. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then have you had the pleasure to work with the producer and promoter, Evan Ginsberg? I, I have not, but I want to. Okay, nice. I have and not worked with him. Um Okay, I do. I do want to work with him. So <laughs> he does have a podcast that uh, I'm not sure if you're friends with him on Facebook. If you reach out to him, there's a good chance he'd put you on. Okay, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, anybody, like I said, if anybody's out there that needs a referee or a security team or, or anything, like I said, I, I'm open to working with you. Um, you know, just give me a holler. You know, reach me on Facebook. You know, or if you guys could help me out, I'd appreciate that. Anything you can do, I'd love to work with anybody in the business. Nice. And then, uh, okay, a couple more questions. Uh, mm -hmm. So what was your most memorable match? My mo Oh, okay. My most memorable bat match would be with Southern Fried Championship Wrestling. We had uh, Border Wars uh, where it was a cage match. And I remember we had Team Florida versus Team Georgia. Now, in Georgia, the Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs are very well-known uh, and very, you know, are a fan favorite there, and based out of Athens, Georgia uh, area. And I remember we had Francisco Siazzo was representing Florida, and then uh, we had um, 
our own team uh, uh, that was made up with uh, Southern Fried. We had some uh, other members that were we put together. I can't think of their names. I do apologize for that uh, that we put together. And it was incredible. It was a cage match. And I remember we uh, we had no idea what was going to occur. Uh, the the amount of people that we had was roughly close to 400. Originally, we have 350 people that would show up for Southern Pride, but it was close to 400. It was grand packed in that building, and that was um our like the last show before we went into Crossroads, which was uh one of our themed uh, shows that we had. And I remember the K at the end of the match, the ta- the table that turned uh where uh. Uh, Jagged Edge was one of the wrestlers in there um, who had turned their back as he was representing Southern Fried, took out uh, one of our popular wrestlers, and they basically destroyed him in the ring. But the problem is they locked the cage from inside, so nobody on the outside of the cage could get in. So we had um, the talent from the back locker room all run out. And we couldn't find the key. We couldn't unlock the door. Nothing. So, and everybody tried climbing up the side of the cages to try and get in to to help help the, our our teammate there for Southern Pride that was representing us. And I remember, uh, but they wouldn't. They couldn't climb up the wall because whoever Francisco Siasso's team, they were all they were all kicking the side walls. So everybody could not climb up the walls to get inside of the cage. So eventually, we had to call the guy. Uh, that had the cage to come and bring us a key, and oh. we literally couldn't find. It. He didn't have the key because someone lost oh. the key. Come to find out, Francisco Siasso had the key inside in his pocket, and we didn't know about it. So here we are, all these people, all the wrestlers from the locker room are all trying to get inside of the ring. You have me and security all scrambling, trying to figure out what we're gonna do. We finally got uh, the ball cutters and broke off the chain and. Uh, we decided, okay, let's try this key. Eventually, we got the, the lock open, and I remember we finally did get in. I was the first one, believe it or not, to get inside the cage. And at that time, that was my first, like, introduction, like, oh, oh, I'm the only one in here, and everybody's outside the gate, and I got the whole crowd, the fans all cheering, and I got goosebumps on my arms because, and it's even on you. If you go on YouTube and, and look it up, you'll see the whole like, the whole match. And oh man, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, that was just I was that was that blew my mind. And ever since then, I loved it. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so quick questions because I, I know we're running low on time. Who was one mm-hmm. of the uh, most hated guys you you uh, refed, and the the toughest wrestlers that you had in the ring? Uh, let's see. The I would have honestly, uh, when I did referee one of the matches, it would have to be. Um, I, I see, all the matches I have done, every wrestler in this business is a plus because they've taken the time and they've learned. And they yeah. sacrificed a lot. So I can't just single out anyone um, because okay. they're all great. Okay. All right. Well, yep. thanks and a lot. Yeah. 
You're very welcome. And just heads up, I just want to give one tip out to anybody who is trying to get into business. Remember to stay focused and learn as much as you can and absorb everything that you learn from your teachers in this wrestling business. And don't ever give up and and always remember, you are what makes this business successful. Reach and reach your goals, you'll go very far. Amen. Yeah. All right, guys. We, everybody have a great Thanksgiving well, hey, and I think wants to, uh, Sign's still oh, out sure. of I think. Oh, sure, yeah, sure, go ahead. One question left. Um, years and years ago, WCW ran a clash of champions in Troy, New York. They had mm-hmm. one of the loudest crowds I'd ever heard. It was a sold-out venue there in Troy, New York. No one, to my knowledge, ever ran there for a major show after that. Do you have any theories as to why nobody was running Troy, New York? Um, the re the reason why Troy, New York, uh, because I think uh, it was the Houston Fieldhouse, which is up a uh, uh, Tech, which is RPI. Um, they have the Houston uh, Houston Fieldhouse, and I think because. They were at the time Albany was using the they had the um art or not the the armory Albany the uh, armory in Albany was the popular location for a lot of promote big time promotions like W at the time it was WWF I think WWF or whatever a lot of them were going over to the um to the uh, uh what do you call it over at the of the armory so that was the prime location everybody go. Now Troy had uh, the they had the Houston Fieldhouse and then they had the Civic Center too that was there, um, but when it comes down to larger promotions, they always would focus on the best venue, the biggest venue, and what would be the the best area for them to go to. And and Albany, New York has so many other boroughs like Waterville. They had Waterville, New York. They have Schenectady, which is another area. And they have Troy, and it, it all depends on what's best for them and what's going to be affiliated uh, that's going to suit their needs. And that's probably why they they uh, didn't have any other shows in Troy. But I will tell you this: that there are smaller promotions to this day that do actually go over to Troy, and they do have shows there. I know Immortal had a show recently at uh, one of their civic centers that was in uh, Troy, that was going uh, North Troy, I believe it was, uh, last month. And uh, Moose was there from Impact Wrestling. Uh, this was the mm-hmm. first time for them to have it after Moose had won the uh, Impact World Championship title recently. So that was uh, one of the events. But as time progressed on, there was a lot of other uh, promotions that have taken place like in Cohoes, New York. But uh, that is probably the reason why is the when it comes down to like WWE or TNA or WC or ECW, they are going to want to go – it depends on how big they are. They're going to want to go to the best facility or venue that they can find that's going to suit their needs. And that's probably what occurred at the time. That makes sense to me for sure. Well, yeah. we've got a few minutes left of the show, but I want to make sure you have plenty of time. If there's anything you want to say mm-hmm. in closing, and make sure you plug and promote 
anything and everything you have, social media, upcoming appearances, uh-huh. your favorite used car lot, anything at all, floor is yours. <laughs> car lot, oh. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Carlot, okay, interesting. Well, I can say this: if you, if it, okay, we'll go with the Carlot. I'll use that real quick. If anybody's looking for a car out there, my wife works for DePaula uh, Car Dealership in Albany, New York. If everybody needs a car and wants to, you know, get a car for Christmas because the season's coming up, give my call. A, uh, a, give my wife a phone call. Her name is Don Stone. If you're looking for a car, she works at DePaula. Uh, Auto Center over there in, off of Central Avenue in Albany, New York. And then um, let's see. Uh, if you okay in New York State, if you are, if there's anybody that is interested in becoming a wrestler, referee, or uh, just want to uh, learn about boxing or anything like that, I recommend you guys get in contact with John Spore. He runs a uh, wrestling work, a wrestler, it's called the Wrestler's Workshop, which is located up in, in uh, uh, South Glens Falls, New York. Uh, he, you can find him, the Wrestler's Workshop, on Facebook, and John Spore is the uh, – founder and owner and they started back in back in august and they have um they work with house of hardcore tommy dreamers promotion which is located down in poughkeepsie so they have a lot of the talent coming there fox veneer uh who does runs a lot of the independent wrestling he was on ring of honor uh, a while back he's one of the trainers up there uh definitely a great promotion to check out or definitely uh to check out so uh check that out um, another uh, two promotions uh, that you definitely want is New York Championship Wrestling, which is based out of Whitesboro. That's Johnny Patches. The, uh, we have a show coming up on December 4th. Uh, the ticket, you can find them on the Brown Paper Bag uh, website to purchase uh, pre-order tickets on there. Um, and then, of course, the Moral Championship Wrestling, which is going to be coming out um, airing uh, again, uh, in after January, so it's going to be in February. They're going to be doing that. Uh, but any other promotions in New York State, uh, especially down in Georgia, check out uh, Chris Downs, Seal Daddy Chris Downs, his promotions down there. Uh, anything that's run by Mac Davis down in Georgia. Uh, Billy Sullivan has a training facility down in Sarasota, Florida. Check that out. You can find that on uh, social media. Um, I just want to give out one shout out. There is a young man up here in up here in upstate New York. His name is Zach Humphrey. He's 19 years old. I call him the Sponge, and he's been actually taking a lot of classes at the Wrestlers Workshop up in uh, Glens Falls. And I want to give a shout out to him because he is so dedicated. I remember uh, he spent $71 to drive or not drive, $71 on Uber to get him from Albany, New York to Glens Falls to train. And I just want to give a shout-out to him for making those sacrifices and being dedicated and listening and doing everything he can in this business to learn in the beginning stages of becoming a wrestler. He wants to become a a technical wrestler, but I am so proud of him. Brother Zach Humphrey – or not Zach Humphrey, I'm sorry. Zach Hartley, if you're listening, brother – I'm so proud of you. Keep up the great work. Take everything you're learning from Fox Veneer, from John Spore, from me, from Vic, from uh, House of Hardcore. Anything that you're getting, I'm proud of you, brother. 
key focus. And that goes for anybody out there that's getting in this business for the first time ever. Congratulations. Take as much as you can in this business. Learn as much as you can. And criticism is going to be your best key in strengthening, strengthening you in whatever direction you take in this business. Don't ever give up on your dreams because one day you're going to be the best person in this business that you ever wanted to be. And that's pretty much it, guys. <laughs> so hold on a yeah. second. Now there is a little bit of time left. Do you have anything else, Randy? Um, nah, nah. I don't have anything right now. Well, actually, the nightly st- actually um every Monday morning, um the nightly strange will be on your podcasting platforms wherever you get your podcasts, <laughs> and the nightly strange will be on there, and. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I, okay. I mean, I wish I could order a chopped cheese on a honey bun the Aki way, but <laughs> we ain't got that one out here. That's that's out in New York. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say nothing about that, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I had a couple more things. I'm sure Sign Guy would like to know what type of coffee you you like. Who me? Yeah. No, okay. Um, the type of coffee I like? Oh gosh, Starbucks and <laughs> Death Wish coffee. <laughs> Have you ever tried Faba beans? Oh, say that again. What was that? You ever tried Faba beans? Faba bean? No, I have not. Okay. I yeah, I have not tried Faba bean. Um. I have to look when I go to the supermarket. I got I gotta look that up. Check that out. See, I, I'm not the, the, when I when I ha, see. I don't normally drink coffee, but when I do, I usually check I check out Death Wish Coffee or Starbucks. The double shots you get, you need to get them in the cooler in the cooler section, um, or the dry uh, dry section of the grocery stores. Those are usually my keys. Um, unfortunately, if I can't get the coffee, the Fiber Energy is my my uh, key to go. Um, I just started. What What is that new energy drink? Oh, the Rock uh, just came out with a new energy drink. That's something that I'm starting to see. Uh, Bang came out first, but now people are start in the business are starting to drink the Rock's new energy drink. I forgot what that's called. Um, ah, I see. And, well, yeah, I it's, a, it's a new. Excuse me. The, uh, go ahead. Hey, Sim, where did they get the fava beans? Is that just Canada? Uh, fava beans are pretty much anywhere. Um, pretty much all grocery stores would have them. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you can reach me at uh, Coach Mike Jones on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Also got the NGW Green Room, the Real School Army. And then uh, if you're looking for a publishing coach, I got the greatest publishing coach in the world, Mr. Patrick Snow. Um, but other than that, uh, there's one other question I had. What was your sports uh, background and your uh, self-defense background? Uh, for me? Yes. Okay. My uh, self-defense background was judo. Uh, when I was – let's see – when I was like in middle school, uh, elementary school, I learned judo for a while, and then I, I went into taekwondo. 
uh, and learned a little bit of self-defense there, but judo was the, the main uh, mar- martial arts uh, self-defense program that I learned, and that was at the Troy Judo, the uh, infamous Troy Judo Club in Troy, New York. Uh, I was off of River Street, I believe. It is where it, is. it was since a fountain at the time. I, the building is not open anymore, uh, but uh, that was around for years, and that's where I took that from. And then uh, to learn the business aspect, I learned um, all that about organization and stuff through a program called Skills USA, which I learned through um, – uh, Manti Techo Institute, which is based out of Bradenton, Florida, which is near Billy Sullivan's uh, area where he where he runs his school. Um, I actually am the 2007 to 2008 world uh, champion in Outstanding Chapter, which is basically everything uh, organization for the school. And I was actually the uh, uh, student body president at the time for uh main technical institute but yeah skills skills usa uh is a program that not just specifically they focus the skills usa focuses on every angle in education in uh from middle school to high school to college to techno schools and if you're in colony or uh not colony uh colony arts or cell uh, uh loss prevention or nursing or anything uh, even manicures, nurses, they, it focuses on all those, and they te- and it tests you out uh, nice. your skills at the end of the year, and they have different like divisions where you go, like state, regional, uh, all that stuff. And they also work on customer service too. So it's it's definitely something I would look into. Check it out. It's called SkillsUSA dot uh, org, and that's that's okay. if you're looking to work on your skills, go there. Yeah. Don't forget to plug your social media and how people get a hold of you. Uh, people can get a hold of me uh, on Facebook. Uh, just look up Jason Stone. I haven't set up uh, really a Facebook page, like uh, like a page that you can reach me at. Just by profile is Jason Stone uh, at Facebook, or you can reach me, email me at jstone uh, jstone uh, New York forty one at gmail dot com is uh, where you can reach me, uh, email or Facebook, Jason Stone, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, if, or you can uh, get get in contact with me by getting in contact with uh, New York Championship Wrestling uh, with uh, Johnny Patches. He can direct help you uh, get in contact with me or John Spores, who uh, at uh, wrestler or uh, wrestlers workshop of uh, Glens Falls. You can. Uh, get in contact with them and they can get in contact with me and do it that way. But yeah, those are the only uh, things, uh, the only way to contact me. So yeah. Nice. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And you guys, thank you for having me on the show. And you know, I, I wish you guys all the best in your success in your podcast and you guys have a great Thanksgiving and Christmas and happy new year. All right, well, thank you hey. very much. We definitely appreciate you, you very much, man. being with us today. All of our listeners in the United States, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving holiday upcoming Thursday. <laughs> and back with you Friday, Jacob Hammermeyer out of Gouge will be with us. And a week from this very day, 
former ECW original Sir Christopher Michaels, who wrestles these days under the name Simply Sensational Fabulous, will be with us. Make sure you plan to be with us. Go support your local independents. We'll talk to you soon. Passenger 